somehow by this disease. But God, we know that your word says there's a greater disease that's more dangerous even than the virus, and that's brokenness that comes from our sin. So thank you, Jesus, that you came into the world to heal our physical disease. But more than that, you came to heal the disease of our souls as well. You came to overcome our fears. You came to break the power of sin over us. So Jesus, as we come before you today, we claim the promise that if we will confess our sins, you are faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, God bless you. Hear these words today. If you have confessed your sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive you your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Beloved, in the name of Jesus, by his power, you are forgiven. Amen.
Testament scripture today comes from the book of Psalms. It's one of the Psalms of Ascent. In other words, it was one of the Psalms that the people used as they approached the temple. Step by step, they would recount the deeds of the Lord through a thousand-year-old prayer book, and we know of as the Psalms. And I want to invite you today as we join our voices to theirs to do this participatory, to, to do it antithetically. When, whenever I wave my hand to you, if you will say these words, His steadfast love endures forever. Let's try that together, can we? His steadfast love endures forever. Awesome. Awesome. So hear the word of God, would you, from Psalm 118 this morning. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let the people of God say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let the families in their homes say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let all those who fear the Lord say, His steadfast love endures forever. I hear the very heart of the psalmist as he cried out to the Lord, beginning in verse 5. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side. He is my helper. And I shall look with triumph on my pain. Oh, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Amen? Amen? It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. These words written 3,000 years ago could have been written this morning. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. Oh, the Lord has disciplined me. He has disciplined me severely. But he has not given me over to death. So God opened to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This, the psalmist says, is the gate of the Lord. Did you hear that? Thanksgiving is the gate by which we enter his presence. This is the gate of the Lord and the righteous shall enter through it. I thank you, God, that you have answered me. I thank you that you have become my salvation. The very stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And this is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous. It's marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us choose joy. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And then the psalmist says those words that multitudes cried as Jesus approached Jerusalem. Hosanna, the psalmist says, literally, save us, we pray, O Lord. 
disciples had been sent by Jesus across the Sea of Galilee. They had an exhausting day. They were physically, emotionally, maybe even spiritually exhausted. And all they wanted to do was to get to safety. They wanted to get to a place of rest. But in his wisdom, Jesus commanded a storm on the Sea of Galilee that night. And if you remember the story, they they rode against that storm for upwards of nine hours. Exhausted. Jesus appeared to them, and, and, and it, it, the scripture is very clear. It seemed like he was going to pass on by them. It seemed like, like, like he didn't see their trials, even though he had walked out to them on the water. And, and Peter, seeing Jesus, cried out to him. You know that Peter invited Jesus to command him to come out of the water. I know that many of you are facing unbelievable circumstances. We are. As a congregation, as we speak, members of our congregation are alone in hospitals, far from family, struggling, fighting valiantly against this virus. Does God see? Does God care? You remember... When, when Jesus said, Peter, come to me, Peter stepped out of the boat in the midst of the storm and fixing his eyes on Jesus, made his way. And, and though many have noted how he eventually fell in the water, we know that he actually walked on the water as long as his eyes were on him. Beloved, Keep your eyes on Jesus in the midst of the storm. Keep your eyes on Jesus when it seems like the mountains around you are too great for you to overcome. Fix your eyes on Jesus and see if he won't deliver us. Thank you. 
please open your Bibles this morning to the book of Luke, chapter 19, for our New Testament scripture. We'll be reading today verses 41 through 44. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. This is the very word of God. Thanks be to God. Yes, thanks be to God. Wow, did you hear the words of Jesus there in that brief scripture that Tom shared with you? Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. It's like Jesus is crying out to us today, this, this Palm Sunday, this day of celebration. Jesus is calling out to us, do you know what will bring you peace? I think about if I had known when I was a teenager what I know now, how my life would have been different. In a lot of ways, it would be the same, but in a lot of ways, things that seemed so important to me then now pale in comparison. The things that didn't seem important to me then, I know now are, are life-giving and critical. So, so his words echo across the ages to us today, just like they did 2,000 years ago. Think about Think about even this virus. If you had known six weeks ago what you know now, would you have done something differently? I'm not just talking about socking up on toilet paper or, or handy wipes or Clorox bleach. I'm thinking about relationships. Karen just said the other day when we were doing a video chat with our, our son and his family that how much I miss being able to hold the baby, how much I miss being able to hug. If we had known then, we would have hugged much longer, amen? What a sense Jesus is asking us that same question today. When he came into Jerusalem and, and everyone was getting excited and the people were celebrating, it was so interesting that, that Jesus wasn't celebrating when everyone else was rejoicing and with loud praises, um, recalling those words that we heard from Psalm 118, Jesus was not. In fact, in fact, as we saw, Jesus was weeping. He was weeping. I love it that we have a God who weeps with us. Do you remember just a few days before Jesus had gotten the notification that his beloved friend, uh, his beloved friend Lazarus was, was sick unto death. And 
And that mystery in John chapter 11, he delayed leaving to be with Nazareth, even though his disciples knew that if he just said the word, Lazarus would be healed. And in fact, he arrived at Bethany. He arrived at the home of Mary and Martha four days after Lazarus was already in the tomb. And, and even though we know the rest of the story, even though Jesus was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, he was going to give you and me a, a preview of what resurrection looks like. Even though he knew those things, he wept with them. I love it. that We have a God who understands our frailty, who understands our human condition, who understands our fears and our grief and weeps with us in the midst of that. But was that what Jesus was doing on this Palm Sunday? Is that what Jesus was doing on this distinct day? No, the scripture is very clear. It says, when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. He didn't weep with it, he wept for it. And that's a very different thing. For what reason was Jesus weeping for the city, right? Because, he says, they did not recognize the day of their visitation. Now, what, what day was that? Of course, we celebrate this day as Palm Sunday, the day that Jesus entered into his destiny. He entered into Jerusalem. But what, what did Jesus understand when he said those words? Many, many who have followed the Old Testament prophecies and have come to trust that nothing happens apart from what God's word tells us will happen, uh, believe that this was the day, the day that Daniel had prophesied in that amazing chapter in, in Daniel chapter 9 when, when he prayed and, and, and God revealed to him a vision for exactly how the time would uh, evolve, how the time would open up. Many believe that Jesus entered Jerusalem on the exact day that Daniel had prophesied. I don't know, the confusion between the Hebrew and the Julian and the Gregorian calendars makes it beyond my capability to understand. I do know, though, because the Hebrew calendar, we can orient that to our existing Gregorian calendar. I do know that the day that he entered Jerusalem was Lamb Selection Day. It was the day way back in, in Exodus when, when um, Moses had spoken the very words of God to the people that on the 10th day of the first month of the year, they should, they should select a lamb and bring it into their home. They should choose a, a worthy sacrifice and they should keep that, that, that sacrifice in their home for four days. And then on Passover, um, sacrifice it as an atonement for sin. It's very possible, we have studied before, that Jesus said that you don't recognize that this is the day when, when you need to choose the lamb for the sacrifice. And right before you is now not, not an animal lamb, 
but the Lamb of God. Do you remember when John the Baptist was introducing Jesus to his disciples? He said, Behold, looky there, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now, three years later, on the very day that the people of God selected a worthy uh, sacrifice, one without blemish, without spot or wrinkle, and I would extrapolate without sin on the day that they were to choose a worthy sacrifice for their sins, Jesus came to Jerusalem. Oh, I can't help but, but think that, that Jesus wept because he, re he realized they did not recognize that the Lamb of God was in their midst. How about you? These times are unlike any that, at least in my 61 years, we've seen before. These times are confusing. They're frightening. These, these, these times are, are scary for us. How are you doing in the midst of this? Are you putting your trust in the right places? Well, I've got, I've got great news for you. Yes, Jesus wept for Jerusalem because they would not receive the Lamb of God who was presented for them. But you and me, we can still choose to put our trust, even in these difficult circumstances, we can still choose to put our trust in Jesus, in our Savior. It's not too late. This day that we read about, in Luke chapter 19, has not come for us. There is still time. We can still recognize the trajectory of our lives. Let me be more specific. We can still realize the trajectory of our sin. Apart from a Savior, what will the outcome of our lives be? Jesus prophesied, what, uh, nearly, nearly 40 years before the destruction of Jerusalem, the trajectory of the city of Jerusalem, the trajectory, honestly, of the people of God who did not recognize him was destruction. We can recognize that ourselves. There's still time. We can recognize the trajectory of our, of our sin. But we can also recognize the travail of our souls. We have tried and tried to substitute something that would give us peace, right? We put our trust in so many things, our, our own um, self-sufficiency, and in a blink, now God has taken that away. We put our, our trust in, in our own resources, and in a blink, the stock market crashes, and, and our Assets are nothing like we thought they would be. We put our trust in so many other things, even in our family relationships. And they're taken away by disease and even death. We can recognize the travail of our souls. Our souls are crying out for something greater, for someone who can deliver us. So we can recognize the trajectory of our sin. We can recognize the travail of our souls, that our very souls are crying out for a Savior. And, 
and we can recognize the truth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that he has come for exactly this reason. He has come to deliver us from disease, from fear. He's come to deliver us from disease, from the natural, physical outcome of anxiety and fear, which results in the weakness of our bodies and our susceptibility to viruses, our susceptibility to disease. He has come to, to break the power even of death over us. In between the segments that you're seeing this morning, our worship team stopped and prayed for one of our brothers who's in travail right now and, and, and desperately needing a physical touch from Jesus. But more than that, he and so many of the rest of us, diseased and not diseased, need the peace that can only come from entrusting ourselves to a savior. Have you put your trust in Jesus Christ? Not one of us can live a life that would earn or certainly cause us to deserve the grace of God poured out for us through his son, Jesus. It is a gift. And it's not just a gift that that we believed one time when we were 13 or 14 years old and now are just trusting on that decision. No, it's a day by day, moment by moment gift of God in the midst of trials, in the midst of travails to bring us peace even now. So I invite you, know today. See, for Jerusalem, they missed that day of his visitation. Oh, he came. They just missed it. But you don't have to. As the author of the book of Hebrews said, today is the day of salvation, right? Paul put it this way in Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you would just agree with God, if you would confess your sins, he is faithful, right? As we saw earlier in our worship. If we confess with our mouths, Jesus as Lord, and believe in our heart that, that Christ has risen from the dead, we shall be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. And that salvation is not just a, a moment in time. It's a salvation we can live in every moment of our days. So, a year from now, when you look back on this time, what will you say, if I'd only known then, if I had only responded then differently, let's make sure that a year from now, should the Lord tarry, should the Lord not come in that year, let's, let's prepare to rejoice in how we responded on this day of travail. God bless you richly as you trust him today. God bless you richly as you, as you put your faith in what Christ has already done. God bless you richly as you 
rest and receive the peace that passes all understanding as your soul is put at rest. And as always, if there's anything that I can do or we can do at Olivet Community Church to help you, to pray with you, to talk to you, that is our great desire. Jesus wanted us to remember what he had done, and so he gave us this precious gift of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper to remember and to celebrate and to live out this hope that we have in him. Would you prepare your hearts for that sacrament now? Again, welcome to the table of the Lord. It is the Lord's table, whether you are an Olivet Community Church family member or watching from a distance, the Lord invites you to remember what he has done on the cross through the sacrament of Holy Communion. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body. <laughs> thank you so much, you found one and the other thing. Thank, thank you so much. <laughs> Here we go again. Take two. <laughs> Now it's our great privilege to share in the sacrament of communion together today. If you're with your family, I just invite you to have juice or any liquid uh, ready. Um, I invite you to have bread or crackers or something um, that you have in your home that uh, symbolizes the Lord's body as well. It's not the object that, that makes it communion, it's the presence of the Lord through those objects that make it the sacrament of communion. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The Apostle Paul adds these words from 1 Corinthians 11. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's life. You proclaim his death. You proclaim his resurrection until he comes. So I want to invite you to celebrate communion as a family. Go ahead and pass the bread around and have each person, uh, as they hand it to someone in your uh, family, say these words, this is the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you do that? you to take the cup. 
Maybe you have several cups with a little bit of juice in it for each person. Or maybe um, you have one cup that you're sharing together as a family. But as you pass the cup, share these words. This is the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I invite you to take the bread, if you have not already partaken of it, to dip it in the cup and then to partake of it together. Do this.
Uh, thanks so much for being with us on uh, this Palm Sunday. Our great prayer is that you and your family are blessed beyond measure as you recognize the day of the Lord's coming. And as always, if there's any way we can serve you, that would be our great desire. Um, church family, we'd like to invite you, if you would choose, to stay for a couple extra minutes following the conclusion of our service, and, uh, and we'll share just a couple of announcements going on in the life of our body. Peace of Christ be with you. We will look forward to seeing you again this week online and then next Sunday as we celebrate together online Easter Sunday, the day of resurrection. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father, the fellowship and communion of his Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. Uh, family, thank you for sticking around for a couple of extra moments. Uh, just an update, um, I'm sure by the time we actually uh, worship together on Sunday, um, there will be more news of, of people in need. Don't forget that you might be a part of God's solution no matter where you are, no matter what your circumstances, you can pray. And that is not the last thing at our disposal, it's the first thing. So please continue to pray for those in our family who have, who have um, contracted the COVID virus. Pray for those who also have had to delay other critical health needs because of the virus and, and are still in need of physical care. Pray especially for those who, whose souls are shaken, um, whose, whose fears are creeping uh, at the door. Um, pray for those who need the peace of Christ, which surpasses understanding right now. And then I just invite you to pray for our city. And this is an amazing time. And we're going to believe that nothing God does is by accident. That in fact, he might be bringing our entire city to that place where they realize their need for Jesus Christ. And I just pray that we are able to respond in love uh, to those situations when we become aware of them. Don't forget what we mentioned to you last week, that opportunity to go to needaneighbor.org, needaneighbor.org, and you can see the needs on that side of our city, and there might be some that you can meet. Uh, there'll be people that, that you can call and pray with on the phone. There'll be people that maybe if you are out and about that you can maybe pick up groceries for and leave them on their front porch. There will be people who are just longing for uh, someone to talk to, that maybe, just maybe, you will be their answer to prayer. I'd mention also, if you have very specific needs as well, that site, you can place your needs there. And not only will we see it as, at the church and all of that, but the whole city will. It might be that your needs can best be met by the neighbor who lives next door. So I encourage you to use that site, needaneighbor.com. Then I just invite you to believe that though we may not physically be able to join our worship team here in our new sanctuary, um, that the church is not a building, the church is people, and we can gather next Sunday, Easter Sunday, to celebrate God's provision for us. So next Sunday, we'll, we'll have the service available beginning at 8 o'clock. At 9 o'clock, as we did this morning, you will have the opportunity to um, share with Sunday school classes, even if you've never been before. Take advantage of that link. 
that's on your screen and uh, join us at nine o'clock. We'll make sure you get to a place where you can open God's word with other believers. And then we will uh, celebrate Easter together beginning at 10 o'clock next Sunday. Well, don't hesitate to call. You can call us at 457-9509, the church phone, or you can call any of our staff or elders or deacons on their uh, own individual phones. We would love to talk with you. We would love to pray with you. We'd love to serve you in any way we can. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Love you and look forward to talking to you soon. Bye-bye.